I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host, Mark, and with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. Today's episode is a little bit different in the sense that the tables were turned and it is an interview I did on the Mick McDermott podcast. Mick, who is a brilliant podcast host, is currently travelling around Ireland in his campervan, which he also lives in. He was kind enough to invite me into his humble abode for a chat and go into detail on my experiences living abroad and how that experience changed my life. I must admit, I'm not sure if it was the coffee I had beforehand or the amazing interview skills of Mick, but I spoke an awful amount of shy towards the end of this conversation, but it was all and good fun and thankfully Mick didn't throw me out of the van I'll leave a link to Mick's podcast in the description of this episode I thoroughly recommend checking it out but now here's my conversation with Mick well set up so how do you actually sleep in here then? thanks so basically this ear folds out okay and then that sort of lays down flat so you've like memory from mattress back and um, like it is cosy Mm, I have to say I've I'm pretty impressed with the with the job that you've done. But like, as I said, people are probably sick of hearing this, but I've literally done it. Or I haven't done. I've said this so many times. I haven't done the woodwork. Ah, so okay. I can't take credit. I was the person that handed him the screwdriver and handed him the screw. <laughs> was that just a maze or something? They yeah, out? cousin. Well, I mean, had me out with the bed, and then the cousin done all the paneling. So yeah, he's brilliant. So he is, and he'd never done anything like this before. I was saying to him, I was like. This is a wee niche here for you if you want to get yeah. into something different. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something different. Like, I think that's it's one of the things I'm mean, sure it feeds into, like, as I was saying to you, Mark, even just when we met, that nearly takes the two things that I really value. Yeah. You know, with traveling and connection, because I feel yeah. like you're just having, like, you'll not get much more of an intimate connection than this because, and probably more one sided to the other person having mm. to talk about their stuff, but I feel like you can get so many insights. Probably the same as you chatting to your guests. Yeah, um, it's one of those things that I think you look back over. Like, I, for me, it wasn't something that I thought I would value that much, um, which sounds like a, a, quite a stupid thing to say. But you, you kind of look back then at all the conversations that you've had with people, and you kind of look at like 
some of the stuff that you've spoken about and the connections there, as you say, that you make, it's an incredible thing to to have. Like, as I was thinking about it, I, I have this um, this thought that kind of comes through my head every now and then um, of, you know, trying to, like, picture what are you going to value? You know, as if you're about to, like, this sounds, this sounds kind of, I'm gone really uh, deep, really fast I don't here. worry. Uh, That's loving this. <laughs> the van is at poles sometimes. <laughs> no, you know, sometimes they, they say that it's good to not necessarily visualise your own death, but to think about your death, right? Um, and I was thinking about this one day anyway, and I was like, all right, you know, so I imagine, you know, hopefully I get to like 70 or 80 or whatever, you're you're in the bed and you're, you know you've got a few hours left. What are the things that you're looking back on, if you have the ability to do that, that you really valued in, in your life or the things yeah. that were really... And this it, it helps actually a lot of the time if with problems as well. So, you know, the like little kind of shitty little problems like, oh, somebody at work might be a bit pissed off at me. And I always try and think, is that something that's going to be important in one year's time or even in the future? Like, you're going to look back and go, this was a major problem in your life. And most of the time, the answer is obviously no. Um, but anyway, that kind of looking back at moments in your life that were important for you. And I think, especially this year, I think we spoke about it before last week. I've been striving a lot to like, you know, make a successful career or whatever it might be. But if you look back, that's not going to be so important. It's going to be the people that you meet the the moments that you shared together like there's a few there's a thing that I often think back of in 10 years ago when I was um, I was doing this kind of volunteering thing and every evening in the house we'd play cards Mm -hmm. I always look back at that as a really happy time like because it was really competitive you know so it was it was great crack you know, and I, I just really loved that moment. And the simplicity of it, a deck of cards. Yeah, and now these days we're all fucking on our phones and watching TV. Like, it's really individualised. So, you know, even in the past, people used to watch TV together. But yeah. now everyone just goes to their room and watches their own favourite Netflix series, which in a way is great, obviously. But there's no shared, there's very little shared moments these days. And even something as simple as, you know, sitting down and... You know, as you said, watching a movie or a series together. I think it's mm. just then. I don't know. That's such a good point. I never even thought of that. There. And it's funny you say that about the like the simple things. Um, something that jumps to mind there is like I was volunteering in a in a hostel in Ecuador, mm. and it was up in the mountains, and there was no signal and no Wi-Fi. Mm. And they have it up, and like as soon as you walk through, there's no Wi-Fi, so you have to get to know people or something along them lines. And I was like, that's actually class, but. I look back and I was like bopping around all the different hostels. It was actually one of the best um, places I've stayed because people actually had to just, there's no option. They couldn't scroll, they couldn't update their yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So they had to sit around a fire and have a couple of drinks, play a game of cards or just have a conversation with people. Yeah, yeah. And it was mad how the people come, the way it worked is you had to stay two nights, three days. And within that three days, people nearly left just feeling so much lighter. Yeah. Even though they were traveling, like it wasn't as if they were frigging coming from a stressful job or nothing. Yeah. They were already traveling, but it's just like something so simple. Mm. But we never give ourselves time to, like, I, I was guilty as the next person. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and often, even before you start, like, some, sometimes we do in the house, maybe once every two months, we might play a game of cards or whatever. Uh, but even 
before you start once you get into it you're grand it's like going for a run yeah before you start you're actually like oh really bothered <laughs> cards i'd prefer to just like stare at something and for it to entertain you talk me. yourself out of it don't you yeah and then in the end yeah you end up having a great time and yeah. it's just it's a weird one the way and that's what kind of worries me a little bit is that mentality of um and I, i'm very much addicted to technology like what we're saying and like it's an easy way out yeah and i i I think about that too much like because I have like going back to that thing that I was saying there earlier on like what are you going to value like Breaking Bad was a, a fucking unbelievable TV series <laughs> I haven't even watched I've heard all about it or whatever pick or choose whichever one is your favourite yeah but you're not going to those last few hours before you you pass away or whatever are you really going to go thank god I watched Breaking Bad <laughs> <laughs> some people are like fucking yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah exactly that's it it's each mean. to their own that's but. such a good way to look at it though yeah when you, yeah I never thought of it like that I guess if if it's one of those things where as you say you're watching it you're watching it with someone and you're like oh man I can't believe that episode last night that was unbelievable yeah um, shared experience exactly shared yeah if that's what it is that's I think for me that's becoming clear that at least from my own point of view that is I think the most important thing yeah to prioritise uh, yeah connection yeah. And, and something like a podcast is 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 a great way of, of getting that yeah and it's mad I, I, f- I feel like people are really starting to wake up to that and realising that because like uh, it's just even being around Dublin here Mark like I've only been down here a month obviously mm. at the time of recording this and like and not just in Dublin all across Ireland there's so many more like social like social running groups social hiking groups yeah do you know and people are a lot more open to going to them which yeah. is great because I feel like then it's also breaking down the barriers because I feel like like I don't know if uh, you've seen but Ireland was actually voted the loneliest oh, really? in Europe okay. in some recent study wow and I was like great That's, yeah I was like what the fuck I was like I don't like it, it baffled me but at the same time I'm like it's sort of a bit I don't know what I didn't know what to make of it because like Irish people we were actually speaking about this it's like you can live in different parts around Europe but like we're obviously saying you bias but like the Irish people are up there with the best but then when you heard that I'm like right, that doesn't sit well so um, Irish people are among the best and uh, for me it's one of the main reasons that I stay here I actually just did an episode on the podcast about like 20 reasons to stay in Dublin right um, I need less than that and, yeah yeah. <laughs> but we, we made a bit of a, a laugh out of it because we said like five of those reasons and everybody who wrote in as for suggestions 95% of people said it's the people that is, you know, the best reason to stay in Dublin. And obviously, as an Irish person, that includes your family and friends. But, uh, you know, even outside of that, it's just generally the people. However, um, speaking to people who have moved here uh, on the podcast, and I think there's that thing of, I mean, that this isn't unique to Ireland, though. Um, this, is, this is something that happens everywhere. I think it's probably just because we've got such a high uh, number of... Um, expats here at the moment uh, which is brilliant uh, but they've got that challenge of adapting to a place and making new friends and that's really 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 difficult to do um, because you could be in a pub on a Thursday or Friday night in Dublin and everyone's your best friend uh, 
but none of them are going to send you a message the next day and say, do you want to meet up for a coffee? And I think that's what people uh, struggle with because they're like, oh, everyone is so... Because everyone is so friendly. That's like surprising for them. But it's kind of very... It's a moment. It's a temporary thing. Um, And I think sometimes people expect like, oh, they'll invite me out with their friends now. And just like any other place in the world, I think you'll get then the fact that Irish people or anyone sticks to their group of mates that they know. Yeah. Uh, they're not really going to make too much of an effort to, you know, there's a guy from Paraguay, let's bring him out. Whatever. They're not going to make that effort. Some people obviously will, but generally they, it, they won't. So I think perhaps that's one of the reasons. Um, Because I'm, I'm just, I'm curious as to who they asked about that. Um, yeah, and like, it's funny you say that because they've actually a few different expat friends who live in Dublin and that's what they said to me is like you're very friendly but you don't really go much deeper than that yes and I, when, they, when they said it to me I had to nearly like put myself in their shoes having lived in different countries and then it just sort of hit me I was like I can really understand what you mean mm. because I think it's natural but it's also not it doesn't make it okay in the sense that you have your friends that you've grew up with or your family so it's easy for us. You'll have the crack with someone. You might be like, oh, I'll follow you on Instagram. Mm. But you, I, I feel like you nearly naturally don't have the same purse to go and go, all right, come on out with us or whatever, compared to if you were living in a different country and you maybe don't have as many people around you. You're maybe more intentional with going out to make more friends. Whereas I remember one of my friends actually said to me, he was just like, I actually feel like I've that many friends. I don't even... I, I don't want to take on any more not even like in a sense of being arrogant but he's like I'm already spending so much time I was like I I nearly feel like I have to cap it in the sense that if he's trying to allocate more time to people he's going to leave himself burnt out so I don't know yeah yeah it's um, I think it was a French guy who said it to me and he he kind of summed it up well I think he says in Ireland that you're you're brilliant at um, communities uh, so that could be his one particular his particular community was uh, music so right. he's like every whatever day of the week I go to the cobblestone and we play uh, music together and I've been going for three years and I've made great friends within that community but outside that community doesn't exist outside of that moment so like I said earlier on nobody in there is going to invite me around for a cup of tea because cup of tea is kind of external to that community or going for a run in the running club or whatever you go for your run like is there much like are they, well, I don't know but anyway that was his point he said there's not much deep friendships but there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of room for becoming part of a community yeah, yeah. and well, what what did you find then in your podcast Mark is like one of the biggest things that keeps people here long term then because if they're if they're lacking that for me, that would be a bit of a a red flag. But do they get it from other expats, or how do they find that sort of sense of connection? Um, well, just to be perfectly honest, and to call a spade a spade, and like it, most people remain here for work. Yeah. yeah, that's just the honest truth of it. Yeah. Um, and some some people would would rather be in their own country or they'd rather be with their friends and family but they just they can't afford to or they want to they want a specific career and Dublin offers them that 
I do think if Dublin didn't offer that, then there's not a lot of people going to stick around for the niceties of Dublin. And I'm not criticising no, Dublin. I, I love you. Dublin. Dublin's my home. But um, that's just, you have to be realistic about it, right? It's Money is the most, is a big driver for people. Yeah. Um, uh, some people will say, I think the other pull maybe is the connection with actually outside of Dublin and the Irish countryside and nature. It might be something very unique for them. Some people fall in love with it. Um, Dublin's not too far from the Wicklow Mountains. Um, it's a small city. So there's aspects of Dublin that people do really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and generally what happens is the same way Irish people make friends with Irish people abroad. Generally people will, will kind of make friends with an expat group and they might become very close and you know yourself when you're away your friends become your family yeah. um, so some groups of people get really close like that and that might be a reason for them to, to stick around um, and they'll have one or two Irish friends of course but generally people don't unless they marry someone who's Irish or whatever do you know yourself I think that's one that was one of the things I was going to say is like if a romance comes involved yeah but I'd say to that because, and again, this is something that I always have a bit of a gripe with. I don't even want to say it's just Irish people because obviously I can only base on, on this is the only country that I call home. But sometimes there is a close-mindedness if the people haven't actually travelled or left Ireland to live abroad. Mm. They'll never actually know that feeling of what it's like to be in that foreign country and maybe not speak the language as your mother tongue. Mm. And to have that some days loneliness and you know as you said you're you're so reliant on your friends because your family mm. are maybe thousands of miles away so it is one of them things because I remember I actually spoke about this I think I spoke about it in one of my live events where I was saying about how like when I lived in Buenos Aires it was like from the outside looking in do you know you'd be like oh living in Buenos Aires you know the, one of the best cities in the world I was going to say South America but in the world but like there was that sort of wavering of I didn't speak the language that well. There was like sense of loneliness. I was trying to like build my business, but I hadn't enough. I wasn't making enough that I could like join like a co-working place or nothing. So yeah. I was having to just like work from a bedroom. And again, not that like people would be like, oh fucking hell, Crimea River, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, it wasn't as glamorous as what you'd sort of portray. And I think I always, I can always really empathise now with like someone yeah. moving to Dublin. Yeah. And it's always something that I like to always try and just even help them in any way possible you can, you know, to have them settle in or whatever. That's a huge thing. Um, and yeah, I would have experienced something similar to that. Um, I and, and first of all, kind of just the first thing that comes to my head is people that are here and who are speaking English to you, just remember that their brain is doing double the amount of work that, yeah. that yours is. Um, and they never fucking complain about it. Um, sorry for cursing by the way. Ah, curse away. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but the the other thing is, yeah, like you, that experience of being abroad. So when I moved to Spain, I actually moved over with an ex-girlfriend of mine who was Spanish. So we moved to her city and it was, um, her family were absolutely lovely and all her friends and amazing uh, but just say in the same way that if you uh, have a partner here and you meet their parents, right, you want to kind of be like, you want to show the best side of yourself. 
and I couldn't speak a tap of Spanish oh, at that point. Um, and I thought arrogantly, like an idiot, that within six months I'd be fluent in Spanish. And it was so far from the case. Of course, I could say a few things. Um, but I used to always, I'd compare myself to like an age. So I'd be like, All right, I'm like a nine year old now. Um, because whenever I'd be at dinner, I can say, oh, lovely food, really nice. Thank you so much. Oh, what's that? That's this type of fish. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And then they start having like, did you see what happened in politics? And I'm, I'm out. Like, and nine-year-olds don't talk about politics or nine-year-olds don't talk about what's going on in, in the world or whatever. You just sit there and, you know, behave yourself. That's what it was like for so long. And I found that incredibly difficult because you couldn't be yourself. And then for about another year after that, I had to adapt to just being a different person. And you're never going to be able to fully be that person that you are in English in an, or your mother tongue in another language it's a film unless you're there for years but it took me I, after four years I, I felt more comfortable obviously but there were times when you know I went home after you know being out with some friends that are Spanish speakers or a family or whatever they might have been and I was just like almost inconsolable like because I'm like, I'm so sick and tired and frustrated of like not being able to communicate and not being able to understand and doubting myself. Um, and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself then, I realised as well, to improve. And what I used to think was everybody thinks I'm shit at Spanish. That would be going on in my head. Nobody cared. Nobody was yeah. even thinking. Probably nobody even realised it was there because I wasn't saying anything. Um, but it was until I... I just took the, a different attitude towards it that I started feeling a bit better with it but it's an incredibly difficult thing to go through and everyone that's here in Dublin or wherever they are um, and it's English is not their mother tongue like, I just I'm very impressed by that yeah I really agree and I think I think that's why I go back to like saying if like and maybe it's, you don't even need to leave Ireland to be learning a, a second language. Mm. But when, if you can put yourself in someone's shoes again, have that empathy, I feel like then you can give them a bye ball. Because like, I've seen people there, you know, like they did not slow down for maybe someone that doesn't speak, you know, great English or whatever. And they're like, oh, they're living here, you know, they should be able to. And I'm just like, that's fucking bullshit. People can't even understand me in Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> and I live an hour and a half up the road. Yeah, that's not yeah, even yeah. No, no exaggeration. Yeah. As at the gym Christmas party there uh, at the weekend. And the amount of ones were like, what are you saying? <laughs> and I was like, have you left Halla? <laughs> For fuck's sake. But um, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is like, you know, when you can put, and this is across the board in anything, I feel like I could maybe do that a lot, a lot easier, have that empathy because I have been in that situation. Mm. And as you said, it's so frustrating. Like you, you're literally, I feel like you're, you lose your personality. Like for me, my personality would be like sort of like a, be sarcastic and, you know, mm. have that sort of sense of humour. But I completely lost that in Spanish. Yeah, and it yeah, used to frustrate me. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have quite a dark sense of humour. I remember once, 
I tried to say something like with a like dark sense, and just nobody got it. Nobody understood because also they didn't know they didn't know my personality. Yeah. And all of a sudden he says this real dark thing, and they were like looking at me, going, "I was like, oh no, it's a joke, it's a joke." Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> yeah, I was there translating it in my head for about fifteen minutes, and then I was like jumped into the conversation with this real dark oh, comment. No. I'm like, that would have been funny fifteen minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> and that's another thing is like you, you think you know, when someone would say something and then you can't think of it and then it comes like 10 minutes later and you're like oh, it's too late yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a real challenge man it's a real challenge um, but then it's like anything it, it can be very obviously rewarding when you when you get get through the other side um, and even when I came back from living abroad and I used to have nightmares about losing because I had gone through such a difficult time to get to that level I used to shit myself that I'm going to lose all that and it's going to be complete um, waste um, and, and I have lost some of it just by being here like obviously yeah, yeah that's that's going to happen but um, unfortunately it's like a, it's it's kind of like a physical muscle that if you don't work it it, it just goes away if you don't use it you, yeah. you lose it as I say yeah exactly yeah, and it's like, because actually I say that to my mum all the time, but not for language, for for her, for her body. She's always like, aches and pains. And I'm like, you need to use your body more. If you don't use it, and I keep using myself. And I'm like, mm. so look at my Spanish. It's non-existent now. Yeah. I'm using it. Yeah. So, but again, um, and I suppose it goes back to that, as I said, it's um, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. But round circle, it's bringing that, that connection. And, that's one of the biggest things that I've even seen from this podcast as well, Mark, is mm. like, you know, when you have those real stories of people and even people hearing about your struggles or my struggles, even if it is something as trivial as learning a language. Mm. But I think it sort of normalises all these things. Like, I think when you mm. can sort of talk about these struggles and then people are going like, oh, yeah, it's not just me, Do you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people don't realise this. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's having that empathy is is huge. But some people will never have it, um, and that's that's unfortunate. Maybe there's ways to educate people, but some people will never have that empathy, and and that is something that um, is uh, that frustrates me. Uh, and obviously, like I won't have empathy for other people in certain set. Not that I won't, but like it's just it's not possible. I often like even coming back from being abroad, as you say, coming back with you like to your mates. If there's something I will say that this, obviously, your mates are, that you've known forever are always going to be your, your best mates with it, but there's something just like different I don't know how to explain it yeah. um, to really nerd out on it it's like I don't know if you've seen the Lord of the Rings film uh, I love Lord of the Rings yeah. yeah do you know where they come back at the end from like the whole adventure they go back to the Shire right, they've yeah. been going on the whole bloody film about like wanting to go back to the Shire right the whole three films they're like oh I wish I could be back in the Shire then they come back and they're just like there's just this moment of like they're just not connected to it anymore you know they've experienced too much um, not that I've not that I've gone off and destroyed any uh, <laughs> ring of fire or whatever but like it is I asked that's it's an interesting thing of that that moment when they come back and it's just that a little bit of an inability to connect with the lad who's like sweeping the weave, leaves and he's been there sleep, sweeping leaves for a long time and I, I don't know yeah and I can relate to that and even like it could be literally any any occupation do you know like I even look at some of my mates who like I'd come back from the travelling and they'd be like in you know well paid government jobs or you know like jobs people would put status on but 
it's just a different outlook. You know, they have a, they have a different life experiences than me, and they're, they're not currently living in a van in Dublin. <laughs> you know, some of them are living with their newborn children or you know, married, all these sort of things. But I feel like then it's like when you have conversations with the people, it's just the conversations are different because, like, I feel like if you went away and travelled properly, I feel like you should have changed. Like, if you come back after even three months or six months and you're the exact same person mm. I would question what you're actually doing when you were travelling like if you're just going and drinking ahead of yourself and hanging out with Irish and English and you know mm. but some people do I'm like if, if that's what travelling is for you then you know it's their own but from my look at my experience of travelling I'm like you should be forced outside your comfort zone you should grow you should change within reason I'm not saying you come back and you're a completely different person but yeah. It should maybe give you a different perspective on life or maybe how, how fortunate you are or even if it is a different sense of empathy for people coming here because they don't speak English as their first language. You know, I feel like there's so many things that you can gain from traveling that, like, again, I'm obviously slightly biased, haven't done so much of it, but I'm like, it's one of the best educations mm. I feel like you can get because, like, I look at, say, the Dublin riots are, mm. and it was, it was funny in the sense that I was like the polar opposite it's like I've literally moved to Dublin because it's the most diverse place I'm like the more foreigners the better yeah, yeah. whereas these people are just like and I was like you need to fucking go off travelling and see a bit <laughs> yeah. of the world and then you might come Absolutely. back with a different perspective do you know can I ask what is you said like your life experience that led you to to living in this you know living in a van travelling around the country <laughs> in a in a pimped out van um, <laughs> what what are the life experiences that you that you've had that you think have led to you doing this? I suppose I was in like the like my background was a I was a building surveyor and you know I was making again subjective but I was making decent money mm. but I was just miserable and I was like I wasn't happy and I was like there was mm. more to life than this so I think I just sort of had that sense of adventure that I wanted to go travelling and I think from then I haven't really been able to go back to like buying into like the status quo of this is the way you live mm -hmm. I just feel like something's changed I can't really articulate in a certain way but I think just when you see how other people live and then you see how content they are with so little mm -hmm. and like why do we need a big fancy car why do we need designer clothes why do we need this fancy house I just think it's all bullshit yeah I like I just don't buy into it and I think that's what maybe I'm noticing even some sort of resistance with settling in Dublin because I see the amount of money that you need to pay into something and it, it nearly goes against so much of what I believe but mm. at the end of the day you, you can't you have to buy into what is the price of the economy do you know that sort of way you can't you can't just disagree with that and go no I'm not going to pay that you know yeah. within reason but I don't know I think I've just learned that I value different things and there's nothing wrong with if people do value like these things that I've mentioned but I would really question is like is that your true values or is that the values that you've adapted through being nearly domesticated through society and just going this is the way you, you turn this age this is the next milestone that you go to mm. I would sort of always question is that what you really want is that really is that what gives you real contentment and lights you up mm. Because I look at, like, say this here, I'm like, this is what lights me up. Mm. Just having a conversation, you know, mm. in the back of the van. Mm. It's not fancy, nothing glamorous, but mm. it's the simple things. And I think that's 
that's probably the biggest thing that I've got from it. So, mm. what about you? So, uh, can I ask, is, is it going uh, just like one, one more thing on it? Like, with going back to when you when you were particularly discontent with the, the building surveying thing, um, you know, because I've had experience of, of jobs or whatever where, you know, you have that the Sunday mo- uh, evening fear or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I remember this is like, never again. No, like, so, is there a particular moment that you think back on and you're like, that's the real, like, moment where you're, you're like I can't go I cannot do that again yeah because it's funny you talk about the the Sunday blues I always remember I was so the way my job worked I was literally all around England so you might have been in a place for a week or two weeks at a time mm. so I was always having to change I probably could have done with a van then <laughs> but I always had to change accommodation so the, the way it worked I can't remember what website I used but it was cheaper it was a lot cheaper than Airbnb and it was just basically like it just seemed to be the common thing that you were, it was like maybe mums, it all seemed to be parents who their kids had left the flock the nest and in empty rooms. So they rented it out. Okay. So I was maybe staying with these women who were in their 50s, 60s. Right. So great crack, you know what I mean? You always got a bit of crack out of them. But yeah. like same time, it was what we said, is like I was literally going up to my room, sitting watching Netflix. And I remember I was in Margate in down in southwest of England. Yeah. Um, and I was working there and it was like a real socially deprived place and the job I was doing it was like it was just wearing me down mentally like but I remember one Sunday night I was watching play what do you call was it Blue Planet or David Attenborough mm. I remember that was the only thing I remember the, the, the Sunday Blues was just like all time high and it was like David Attenborough's voice just <laughs> had a sort of soothing calm in fact and every time I like watch it now it brings me back to that time just like I was sitting there and I'm just like this is the only thing that's sort of keeping me somewhat chilled with yeah. it without losing it like so yeah, that's that's one thing I've always said is I don't want to go back to that sort of way of living of you know and I can't say it was just the job but it was probably a Combination, a combination of, of things yeah. Of things. yeah so that's for me what mm. about you what is like even living abroad in Spain mm. and then coming back and mm. your, your own travel experiences what's that sort of taught you about how you live now today um, the um, the experience of living abroad how is that well, yeah I, I, it's, it's a really hard one to to pinpoint isn't it because sometimes I feel like if you ask yourself the question if you, if I hadn't gone abroad yeah I guess I probably well, I wouldn't have been doing the podcast, I don't think, because um, the original idea behind the podcast was a little bit to what you said earlier on. It's kind of the problems that I had. Yeah, you would have liked to hear other people and how they address those problems of like the language problems, the the making new friends problems, the how to get integrated in the city properly, and that's. The, it was the original idea behind the podcast it's kind of evolved a little bit since then but um, so I don't think I would have been doing that but yeah I I, I guess it, it, in one sense it completely changed my life I'd like to think it didn't change me too much um, or I'd like to think that it brought out a maybe even, even better version of myself I just choose to think that I don't know if it's true or not yeah um, but it was uh, it was very very important experience to me I think to be perfectly honest I probably went away with a, a different so my I and I'm only kind of realising this now 
because I didn't give it much importance when I was in my 20s. But so when I by the time I was 23, both my parents passed away. Um, and I think particularly then, you know, the year after that, I've been 23, you have to sell the house and all that kind of stuff. And I then moved to Spain. At the time, I didn't put these things together, but I moved to Spain then. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. With my ex-ex-girlfriend, who's a brilliant person and everything like that, that's, you know, that's great. I still have a good relationship and everything. Uh, But we moved there. And I think I was actually just a little bit all over the place. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was up. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I just knew, let's go to Spain. Let's get out of here. Um, so then I was there for four years, almost five years. Um, and to a certain extent, I probably healed, or at least partially, in that time. Um, a lot of it was through distraction by trying to learn another language and etc. But I don't know if I would have moved to Spain if I didn't have that experience if that makes sense yeah um so for me moving like the like you're asking me what 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 did i learn or how did it change me it was part of a whole whole bigger process really that at the time i'm now i'm now 34 (laughs) age doesn't matter anymore i'm like 33 34 35 (laughs) what age am i yeah once you pass 30 exactly yeah who cares um and it's only now that i'm realizing looking back on it what was going on and probably everybody else knew it but you know I wasn't able to have that macro perspective on it at the time I was just in it and I was just going from one thing to the next uh, but now looking back in my 20s I realised that there was different things obviously influenced why I moved abroad how long I stayed abroad you know etc yeah yeah and I suppose like the other thing is everyone has a reason why but I think sometimes it's not actually the real reason that you say at the time mm. until hindsight comes in and you actually can look back because like I look at so many people and <clears throat> obviously your situation is completely different to mine completely different to maybe someone else listening to this that it's I suppose as long as you get what you need out of the experience as well mm. it sounds like you got what you needed out of moving to Spain and like mm. that maybe that's time to um, heal as you said um, and for other people it, it maybe just is to get out of Ireland and you know if it is to explore it could be something it doesn't need to be anything like yeah do you know I guess for most people it's either to explore or to escape isn't it yeah um, and 
and both are both are accessible. <laughs> and that's it because like I probably would have been <clears throat> excuse me, I would have been that one or would have been to escape mm. when I first went away. But I can see that very clearly now. But it was also someone actually asked me this because I was telling them about that there, and they were like, "But do you re- like do you look back with any guilt or regret?" And I was like, "Not at all. It was the best thing I'd done." Mm. So he was like, "Well, then it's not seen as it shouldn't be portrayed as a negative." Do you know? And I was like, yeah, "I never thought about it like that there because um, I remember just like from diving into counselling and stuff. That mm. was always like the way we looked or the way I was sort of asked me is like, are you running to or running from? Mm. And I was like, fuck yeah, I never thought of it like that. Because mm. when you're running to, say Spain, it's a lot more positive. Whereas if you're running from Ireland, mm. it's like, I think I, and I've, I will walk an example of that again, just to be completely transparent. It's like a postcode isn't going to solve what's going up no. upstairs. And I think that's where like, if you hear people just going, oh yeah, I'm moving to Australia. And I'm like, what's the real reason why? Yeah. You know, like, is it just to escape reality of Ireland? You know, because I was that person, and I like I've said this multiple times now. I was like, I used to like look at Ireland like Ireland shit. Or mm. I was like, I was such an agent. Like I was like, mm. Ireland's unreal now. Mm. But it's took me to go away to come back to have that perspective. Yeah, what well, is someone said to me before is like, no matter where you go, you take your mind with you. Um, yeah. Oh, will we? Do you want to charge that? We'll stick around, charge. Um, that is uh, the. There you go. I think that seems to be an action, right? Um. Yeah, wherever you go, you take your mind with you. Um, and it, it's true. And even sometimes I hear, like people, you know, having in, in Dublin or whatever, and they're like, oh, I just, you know, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna move to. Milan or something like that and I don't I never say it but I was like you're not going to be happy in Milan either Um, this you know unless there's something really directly affecting you that's specific to this place but often it's not it's people create the excuses around um, and create reasons for them being unhappy when as you say sometimes it's often just or a lot of the time it's just something that's actually deep inside you that you have to to figure out or yeah and that's it's not sexy when you're sometimes you just have to do the work and that's why I sort of like openly talk about you know mm. these sort of I think that's why I love is like the real uh, real conversations with real people because do you know sometimes you'll be listening to someone who is maybe an expert in their field and like to have everything figured out and they might give you all these like three step process to deal with your self doubt or anxiety and that's great like but at the same time, sometimes you just need someone to go, yeah, fuck, I struggle with that too. And you're yeah. just like, fuck, yeah, I'm not the only person then, you know. Yeah. It just yeah. makes it a bit more human that every single person has um, them struggles, whatever it is. like. And there's probably people listening to this. <clears throat> Hopefully they are. They might be sitting on the fence like, oh, will it go, will it not? And everyone's going to be in a different camp, you know. Mm. So only, only you can really, you listening to this can sit there and going well am I trying to escape or mm. am I going on an adventure yeah um, yeah it's an interesting one to yeah. to ask yourself uh, but you're right yeah everybody um, has their own has their own stuff they need to do everybody hurts that's uh, as the Ari Emma song goes um, <laughs> I didn't even realise that song yeah but like <clears throat> you're right you can think because sometimes you can look at people and to be honest like I think in your th- 
when you get to our age, it becomes a little bit easier to talk about it. I think in your 20s is a difficult time. Um, and I feel a, quite a bit of empathy for people at that. Because I, I, I actually just think it's weird that you're supposed to have things kind of figured out when you get into your 20s. Yeah. And, and people, uh, I see parents putting pressure on people and, you know, what course are you going to do? What are you going to be doing with your life? You know, I, I just I just think you're, you're how the hell can you, anybody know what they want? Like, I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing or where I'm going. or <laughs> I Like, <laughs> I'm doing something, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like, I, it's like my life calling or anything like that. And I just feel like for people who are a bit younger, um, I think that they should just be encouraged as much as possible to be like figuring themselves out trying loads of different things and don't get me wrong some people will be like I don't know I want to be a solicitor and I'm going to study law and then I'll start working as a solicitor and that will be me for the rest of my life and that's great well, that's amazing I don't know how you managed to do that um, but I would say that's about 15% of people whereas a lot of people as you say then fall into things and are unhappy in it um, and I think in the 20s there's a bit more with lads there's even there's like you've got pretty high levels of testosterone flowing around you're just like so some people yeah so um, we'll, we'll say you know we cut off there for a second but uh, we'll, we'll jump back straight, in, straight back into it is, it's part and parcel of this podcast Mark <laughs> absolutely um, <coughs> yeah anyway I think going back to it I think you can sometimes you can think that people have things really figured out um, I think as you get a bit older you, as you say you realise that that's not the case um, but I think that's something that maybe even yeah, as a younger person I'd like I wish uh, I think I probably went through a phase of, of pretending or at least feeling like I was knew what I was doing or, or had it figured out because it seemed that other people did you know that kind yeah. of yeah um, and hopefully people are a bit more open about, as you say, like, I actually don't have everything figured out and I'm finding this tough or um, uh, that kind of conversation. And I think people are a bit more open about it these days than than they were 10 years ago anyway. Yeah, and like, it's just a good point because as you spoke about there, there's people in their in their 20s. But then I suppose like around our age, like so I'm 31, there's a lot of ones probably around our age that, have maybe been doing that job for 10 years at the community university mm. and they know it doesn't light them up they know it's not you know fulfilling them but they're just like oh, it's, you know pays the bills you know it pays the mortgage and I think it's one of the biggest things that I see in some people then that they nearly just have that acceptance of going oh well this is this is this is me then and there's a I don't know if you've come across a, I don't even know how to explain it the some cause fallacy mm. basically is it a and you know what term you'd yeah I think it's a, it's, a, it's almost like a psychological concept Psycho- yeah it? a theory but basically for anyone listening it's, it's basically like that just because you've invested so much time or money into something sometimes we can tell ourselves that sort of story and we're biased and we're like well I've, done, I've been in this job 10 years I can't leave it now or I've mm. been in this relationship 10 years or mm. something we've committed a lot of time a lot of money to mm. and I've noticed that the same having different conversations with different people in the coaching side of things and in work um, that there are a lot of people that just want to change but there's so many barriers and it's like anything it's not easy but I think it's when you see that there but even just like 
us two here is like, do you know, you'll always hear that phrase like all your ducks in a row. And a, mm. a, a friend of mine says, <laughs> I always brilliant, she's like, I don't have my ducks in a row. I'm fucking, all my ducks are in the pond. But <laughs> it's a nice wee pond, but they're not in a row. And she's yeah. like, I'm just figuring it out as I go. And yeah. I think that's when you can see it from that point of view. It's like, literally everyone's winging it. That yeah. It was only recently I got this realisation and like even people who are like a lot older than you, they're still winging it. They're just older. Mm. Do you know? And like, I don't think anyone really has like the blueprint to life and to do if you, if you have the cheat code <laughs> yeah let us on. know yeah <laughs> please so I don't know I think that's where I'm always questioning like obviously you want to be doing things that make life comfortable for you and make life content mm. and do them things but there comes a time too where like I feel like I don't know there's sometimes I'd be always just questioning like why do we need to do this you know mm. why do you have to buy into that like where does that come from do you know is it is this just a status quo or I don't know and obviously sometimes it can actually be to your detriment but I feel like sometimes it's always good to at least question and go on is this actually what I really want or am I just doing it because everyone else is doing it yeah the internal external thing and again just sorry to be harping on about it but obviously that's quite difficult these days with you know you're seeing people on on social media and stuff and often the, the natural human thing to do is to compare yourself to, to other people um, and then you can think oh look they look like they're having a great time maybe I should do that but instead like really it's that taking that time to and to be honest with you I think that's all it is uh, or I don't it's not an answer but just that time to yourself by yourself um, just to kind of listen to what's going on in your own head um, and you might start to see some things that keep popping up or like it might be go to Spain or it might be um, maybe I need to change my diet or you know anything that could make your life that little bit that little bit better yeah and that's like I think the thing too is like I've noticed I've got so much probably from getting the van I don't know why something's really shifted that I just keep sort of trusting my gut. Mm. Do you know? Mm. And if you know, I think if you can really, and but the big thing I realise is you have to actually slow down to notice. Yeah. Oh, this doesn't feel right. Or, and if it's reoccurring, I feel like then that's your body giving you the signal. It's like a fire alarm going off. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like even, one simple example I always go back to is food. That if you keep putting like, you know, really heavily processed food into your body, your body's going to give you so many signals that like it doesn't like this whereas if you eat more of a balanced diet mm. it's going to just like tick along a lot more smoothly yeah so it's giving yourself that time to which I feel like in today's society is hard because we're just so go 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 so we don't yeah, actually busy. sit with any form of discomfort and yeah yeah that's it yeah I don't know but it's funny you say that because I remember my sister used to say that to me she goes what does your gut say and I was like oh, you know Stayed like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> uh, at the time, I was like all about being rational and logical and pros and cons and trying to figure things out. And now I'm like, she was totally right. She was totally right. Uh, it, but it's really hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, and and you, you don't even know how to ask her. Like, should I be like asking this question to my stomach? You know, like <laughs> like where is this actual answer coming yeah. from? Yeah. Uh, you know what I love is when you actually are sitting in front of someone and. Ideally, someone that's trained to ask the right questions. Mm. 
that's why I love like I'm obviously slightly biased but I'm doing a, a course at the moment for mm. like, uh, mindset coaching and like it's mad how like within one or two questions if the coach is very good yeah. they can literally have you sweating but yeah. like you're, you're you really have to go deep to think of the answer yeah and whatever's there you'll find that gut yeah. feeling there yeah you're not going to find it in a pub at fucking 12 o'clock after six Guinness I remember I'll, I'll always remember um, so I when I was in Spain I ended up doing a bit of therapy when I was over there um, for, for different things um, just life things I guess and I'll always remember he hit me with a question and like you said it was just in one question he, ch- he managed to make me question other things in my life that I had never questioned before Um and obviously you want someone who knows what they're doing to be able to ask those questions at the right time and the right moments and he obviously judged it was the right thing to do but for me it was like uh, I just I can't remember what we were talking about exactly but you know probably me being a bit of a people pleaser or whatever um, and I'd always kind of seen it as a good thing is that I'm adaptable and can adapt to different people in different situations and I can almost bring people together and you know I'll kind of, you know just easily fit in right and I was saying like I am now quite in a, in a positive way and he just said he said something like Is that, that's so sad and I was like what and I got really angry like all of a sudden I was like because he said it like in a real like what a loser he said it he said it like that and I was like right. you're supposed to be my fucking psychologist you can't call me a loser <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't call me a loser he didn't say that but he said something like that's really sad he's like is that how you want to live your life he's like just making sure everybody else is okay and I was just sitting there for about like a minute going holy shit I'd never thought of it like that I never thought of it like that yeah, and as you said my mates wouldn't have been able because I would have like with your mate you get angry with them and you'd be like what are you talking about or you know there would be a joke or something it had to be that person in that setting and for me that was a value and then like I've I've since like had the ability to be able to look back and go was that really like it is a good thing to be like adaptable to be able to I do see it as a positive thing but then you learn well hang on maybe you also need to think about yourself as well yeah Um, so it's those little things that I think are really valuable in those situations whether it's a life coach I know my brother had like brilliant experience when he was going through a bit of a career not knowing what he wanted to do a life coach really helped him it's just someone who's a professional who's not your family or your mates so you don't have this kind of uh, relationship with them basically Um, it can be really helpful because it's mad that what comes up yeah from just a a simple question yeah you know and like there's you you could the big thing I've realised is that what someone brings to the you're like oh what do you want to work on today Mark and you're like oh I want to work on um, getting a wee bit fitter you know it could be something that seems very trivial but it, it always goes so much deeper and it's like peeling back the layers and this is a realisation from my own personal experience like just going to coaching and counselling but even from sitting on the other end of it and trying to learn is like what's sort of the what you think is the issue is rarely the issue mm. it usually goes so much more to something that's maybe years gone by mm. and as you said like say if it was you like the people pleaser is like 
that's come from a lot further in the past and it wasn't just the last couple of months that it picked it up of course yeah so I don't know if he, and I think that's it's mad how then so much of these be small subtle things that we don't maybe we're not maybe consciously aware of how much of an impact that's having on our day to day actions and our choices which then is going to lead us to where we are in a year 10 years do you know mm. so I don't know it's fascinating you know it's an interesting exercise to do uh, and I got put into this by surprise I didn't really intend to do it but one of my like best mates been friends with him since like four years old uh, but we actually ironically very rarely lived in the same place so he's half French half Irish um, but we've always kept very much in touch like as kids we used to sense kind of uh, geeky or whatever we actually used to you know write letters and all, all that kind of stuff <laughs> to each other so uh, pen pals pen pals it's now, it's now turned <laughs> okay. into WhatsApp voice notes but, uh, it's a bit more uh, movement of times yeah exactly um, so uh, a few years ago well, I can't remember how many years ago. It's good, good few years ago anyway. He was uh, doing this kind of off-grid thing and he was living in some retreat centre in the south of Spain. It was like a yoga, uh, meditation, retreat centre, um, self-sustainable, all this kind of stuff, right? Uh, and he was there for a couple of years and he says, you have to come. He said, you know, you don't have to pay for a course or anything like that. You just come and you can stay. And if you want to do a course, you can, if not. So I went there anyway, um, because I wanted to see him. I didn't know what I was in for. Like all yoga and stuff like that. Uh, I see very much the value in it. I should do it, but I'm the most inflexible person in the world. So it's a real struggle for me. But anyway, as part of it, I didn't realize this was going to be a part of it. We then did this like uh, sit down. It wasn't a therapy session. I guess you could call it a therapy session. And they pair you up with someone that you don't know. So I'd never met this person before in my life, and um, it was um, it was this 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 girl. I can't even remember her name or whatever. And you had the exercise was tell them who you are. Like who you have to answer the question who are you, right? For ten minutes, and the other person is not allowed to speak. They just have to listen to you for ten minutes. And no matter if you say something very happy or if you say something very sad, they're also not allowed to react. They're not allowed to go like, oh, I'm so sorry, or, oh, that's great. Um, they, just, they just have to look at you. And very quickly you run out of things to say. Eh? <laughs> so you're like, that question, going back to trying to figure out what people want and who they are, you might say, oh, I'm from Dublin, I'm, I'm, this is my profession, I fucking like the colour blue. Uh, but then you've got another like whatever it's uh, is and you, where you end up going is something that you never expected right that's mad and I remember even the girl was saying to me like she's she then basically told me that she she started crying and she's like saying I have I've always had issues with my weight and I would have never you would have never known that because she didn't she wasn't heavy or anything like that but this was something huge that obviously was in her past that again it's that empathy with people you don't know what's going on it's like here's someone who might look perfectly slim or whatever but you don't know how or why they've gotten to that place in their life and she wrote down and then afterwards she goes I've never said that to anyone oh, um, right. yeah it's amazing it's a very I always, that's another thing I look back that was a very powerful now it's not something I recommend doing every day of the week at all yeah and it's also it's very hard you're not going to go up to someone on the street and say oh, can I just uh, tell you who I am <laughs> have a bar for Christmas time like, I think you've got 20 minutes to spare 
<laughs> but yeah, no I might end up crying. <laughs> FYI, I might have a full-on breakdown. But you know, then you can do it as well if you want. <laughs> I have a box of tissues for both of us. Um, so I, I, I get that it's not something that you can do easily, but it's it's a pretty. And to be honest with you, I actually don't even remember what I said. Um, but I think there is some value in it. Yeah, yeah. that's mad. Just like something so simple. Yeah, and exactly. Realizes like we all have it within us. We just need to bring down the barriers and just like start to show that because I think that's I've even noticed that when you start, if you lead the conversation and just talk about something outside of the weather or something a bit more deeper, a lot of people that you wouldn't perceive to go there will go there, but they nearly need that sort of like you to go. Oh, like what? I don't even. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I feel like when you can just meet people and just on a human basis mm. and then just show genuine interest in them even if a stranger or even just one of your friends instead of just being like oh he's a farm mark oh busy what do you oh flat out you know just like what depth or substance is in that conversation and that's yeah yeah I think um, I think for me what is becoming a little bit more clear to me as to what I want to pursue or what I want to value I mean, a bit like what you said, you have to kind of consider money and all of those things. Unfortunately, that's just the way the world is. That's the way, that's the world we're in. Um, if I want to be able to go for a pint with my friends sometimes, I need to be able to afford that. That's fair enough. And obviously a house and all the rest of it. Um, but I think aside from that, um, what I think is becoming the most important thing to me, what I will look back on in when I've got six or seven hours left to go, what I will value, will I will have valued most is, um, and I've it's taken me a while to figure this out and to understand what this really is, and I've maybe you hear other people saying something similar, but I always very quickly dismissed it, um, and the word, without sounding ridiculously cheesy and. Um, if people like tune out now, that's that's fair enough. We're near the end. Yeah, you're good. near the end. <laughs> um, but it would be this idea of uh, oneness. Oneness, right? Uh, let me explain that. Hold on, I just need to get out of the van here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we <I'm> joking. <laughs> uh, but it's this. So you're at um, a football match or a rugby match, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, gig um, and I don't know let's say it's an Ireland rugby match and in the last few minutes Ireland score a try to beat New Zealand and everybody in the stadium is like jumping up and down and everybody loves each other and that's an amazing moment now that's thanks to obviously the situation and the rugby match and all the rest of it and it's not something that you can just you can't walk around all day having that feeling uh, but it's a magic moment so maybe you could maybe I could change it to magic moments or whatever but in that moment like you would give that person in front of you that other Irish supporter a hug you'd be like oh that was amazing or like your favourite song comes on at a, your favourite artist concert or whatever and everyone's together because I think these days you know we're living on one planet but everyone's walking around in their own world and I think what I mean by oneness is it's when people are not 
walking around in their own little worlds. They're kind of sharing something together. So you can might call it connection, whereas I would call it something like where actually you can have it in a conversation with a mate where you're not thinking about time or you're not thinking about yourself either. You're, it's just you're in that moment. You could have it at a rugby match. You could have it at a concert. You could, there's so many different, you could even have it with a place. It doesn't have to be a person. Like there could be a specific place that you feel really connected to or that just you feel some something. Um, and I think that those are the moments that you really want to try, or at least personally, I'm going to try and create more of them however that could happen and I all I know for sure is it's not going to happen on my phone I love that <laughs> you know yeah. that's that's the truth for me anyway thank that's brilliant no like in terms of I feel like it's it's very similar things as you said it's just a different word that we use but it shows that you know we're all and I love that example you used about say a rugby match that you can turn around and give a, a random or a hug <clears throat> or even like I look at say grown men sometimes they're brought to tears when their their sports team wins some yeah. big event amazing so it's like it's in them and it's in all of us to do this mm. but it's just a certain thing brings it out so it's like how can we do more of that yeah so yeah I think that's such a great example yeah yeah so I've, don't worry there's a if I have a the, 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 there was nothing cheesy about that so it wasn't well far. yeah um <laughs> Uh, yeah it's it's something I'm, I'm going to try and uh, pursue a little bit more and the kind of the events actually with Life in Dublin is because it's quite intimate and it's been a, a nice experience this year where everyone's just listening to someone playing music or and you can feel it in the room yeah. you can feel it you can feel it because it doesn't always happen but when someone's playing a song or telling a joke or telling a story and everyone's connected to it, it, you can feel it. And even as I used to be a teacher, when you're teaching something and everybody gets it and everybody's appreciating what you're teaching them, there's a feeling there. Um, and it's kind of, it's, I'm using the word oneness that doesn't, it's a pretty stupid way to describe it. But no, I don't, but I get you. I don't figure out, I can't figure out, for me, I think visually of, it's that idea of, imagine everyone's walking around with a little globe above, over their head, everyone's living in their own world. But it's those moments where the the one globe becomes multiple, like just a shared one, you know, for whatever yeah. reason. One um, thing is just come to, like this is just visually, I like that there when you, so instead of having everyone has their own globe, it's nearly trying to bring a bigger globe and yeah. everyone steps into the bigger one. Yes. Which, I don't know, I think that's really good concept because like, now it is, you know, like I'm so guilty of this where you'll walk around with your headphones in, you're like in your own wee bubble, do you know? Whereas just even sometimes, I really have to force myself to do this because I'm always listening to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same. And I'm like, just take the headphones out and like, you'd be surprised how like a wee random conversation could spark out of, especially walking around Dublin or anywhere. Um, but again, you have to be taking these wee things that you're open to these things because I feel like sometimes we've, as we've spoke about a lot here, is like we're nearly naturally or gradually shutting ourselves off more yeah. which is maybe no reason why or no wonder why there's maybe this loneliness and lack of connection and maybe people are struggling mentally so yeah yeah, there's, yeah. There's, that's it like it's I, I do the exact same thing and I, I guess the reason I'm saying these things just to be clear like as you said I don't have it all figured out but 
I think I'm learning to, as you say, value those things more or, or at least trying to aim towards them more, yeah. maybe make them my goals more than... Because even like... I, uh, so I, I said earlier on, like, my, my parents would have passed away when I was 23, so that's 11 years ago. And if they were to see the world that we were living in now just because they haven't experienced that whole boom of technology so much, I think they'd they'd probably be like, well, of course you're all fucking anxious and sad. Like, you never talk to anyone. Yeah. Like, you never actually really talk to anyone. Um, and how often do you see your mates? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, what are, you, what are you doing, like, outside of your job? Like, do you ever, like, go outside and, I don't know go for a walk or you know that kind of way or simple things because I think we look at them and their generation as as you say it was quite simple but it's the simple stuff that makes a difference Um, the like we go even topics like sustainability and all that kind of stuff I don't know about you but I used to get fucking knitted jumpers for Christmas Uh, (laughs) you know like and it was the worst thing in the world but uh, and I was obviously that was probably more out of necessity than anything else. Yeah. But um, it was quite sustainable. But and also I guess to be to to a certain extent, my mother probably to in her own way used to enjoy just the sitting down in the evenings and switching off and yeah. knitting. You know, having That's... Coronation Street on in the background. <laughs> and the simple things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. Hey, like and again, like how many times have I spoke about this and maybe you're the same. <laughs> But we all lose sight of it or, you know, we get sucked back into the busyness. We'll turn our phone back on and then next thing, notification. So, I don't know. I think it's it's always a work in progress. But, it's, mm. it's like, I think we spoke about this before we even started, Mark. It's like, as long as I think you need to have that awareness from the start. And then at least you have the awareness you can be proactive with trying to do something about it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like even just, I, I would say to summarize the whole conversation, whether it's been about like understanding what a person who has moved to the country is going through or yeah, just understanding whether people's situations in general or trying to figure out yourself what you want to do. It's about perspective um, and being able to actually get outside of yourself and ask yourself, you know, how are they really feeling or what do they really think about this or just that ability to to not be so in your own head so much I think it's brilliant like you said earlier on go with your gut to be honest going with your gut is probably just being able to get all of those thoughts the the, the 60 or 70 thousand thoughts that you have a day to be able to put them aside for a minute and say what am I actually feeling here what am I actually want or am I just getting distracted with the next thought the next podcast the next you know whatever yeah um, and I think that's huge having a perspective getting outside of yourself I think can be quite helpful in, in many ways um, but yeah I really need to take a piss mate <laughs> that was, we better wrap it up so Mark appreciate you coming to the van yeah it was chat, so yeah it was you, yeah brilliant thank you too um, and yeah thanks very much to anybody who listened to all that cheers <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.